God, there are so many emergencies that they don't even seem like emergencies anymore, Lord God. We're lost and we don't even know it, Lord God. And I pray today that by the power of your gospel, your word, your plan, your promise, your church, that you would bring us back into focus, back into uh, uh, the assurance, the, the confidence, the power to know who we are and what we're to be doing down here. I thank you, Lord, for giving us wisdom and counsel, for giving us power and authority for not letting us grow weary and exhausted in well-doing, but, Lord God, to truly focus, to be unscattered, to be gathered together into the fullness of your purpose and your plan and to rest in you, in what you're doing, and in how you are working to accomplish your promises, the major and amazing promises that you've made for to us in the, in the fight, in the midst of the enemy's horrible, horrific attacks and assaults against you and us. So, Lord God... I pray that you tuck each one of us into the safety of the palm of your hand, that we'd feel your presence, your peace, your power, and not just look for the feeling, but know that we are and belong to you and that we have been redeemed. So, Lord God, we ask now for wisdom and divine protection over all that pertains to all of us, which is our families, the work of our hands, the fruit of our labors, the call, the giftings, the anointings, that you will protect us, preserve us, and and cause us to prevail against our enemies. And so we ask for wisdom now and clarity of mind and heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Hey, so for God so loved the world, this is amazing, so amazing that it doesn't even seem amazing anymore. But can you read that for us? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can you read the next verse? Yeah. A lot of times, you know, what we do is, can I read the verses before and after? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. That's good. And so sometimes we don't get the right context for this Mm -hmm. very, very familiar verse to most folks in the United States anyway. Verse 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then verse 16, and then going to verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Mm. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Yes, and to set the context, verse 14 is referring back to the book of Numbers when uh, the children of Israel were murmuring and complaining against God, and they were stricken and bitten by serpents. And so Moses was instructed by God to put that serpent on that pole to, uh, and, and that whosoever would look upon it would be set free from, their, from the death that 
this poisonous bites were, were creating. And so it was a willingness to yield and a believe and, and, and trust in the goodness and the word and the promises of God. That was the way they were saved. And this is similar to that because it's who Jesus was hang, hung on that pole, cross, whatever, not as a serpent, but as a curse to prov- provide atonement for us. Yeah, he, he became our curse for us. And basically in the and old... And also the opening of the blessings. Yeah, and the opening of the blessings, true. And then, but what they, all they had to do back then with that brass serpent that was on that pole, they looked and they lived. Mm-hmm. They had the poison of the serpent in their... Removed. In, in their bloodstream, but that poison was just canceled out as they looked. Through the power of obedience as to they the Word looked, of God, to the promise looked, of God. they lived. Yes. And so, but you know, today we have so many people that have heard that verse over and over that it's really lost its its power and and the church has we've heard it forever um and and it's so familiar sometimes things become so familiar that they that they lose their uh their uh, their profundity they're being they're no longer profound they're they're now common mundane lackluster uh and what has happened here uh, in the church is she was to be the light of the world, you know, the bride of, is the bride of Christ, whatever, carry the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And she's become satisfied with all of us who, you know, are tempted, I guess the word would be, to become satisfied with trivial and temporary and things that don't really matter. Um, and be, we have actually as a church, uh, I'm not saying this moment, but I th- because I think there's a transition happening now, but there was a complacency and a compliance, and and we were just, you know, we were really sucked in to the devil's narratives. Yeah, and the whole, the idea too is some people have this idea: well, God is, you know, how can God send people to hell? You know, we've heard that argument. You know, how can if God is so good, how well, why does He send people to hell? Here's the deal: we're like in the burning building. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came to rescue us out mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. because Jesus said here that we just read, he that does not believe is, is already con- condemned. condemned already. We're already lost. We're already condemned. Jesus came in the greatest rescue mission ever. Mm-hmm. Well, I see it kind of like we're lo- we're, we've fallen down into a well. The human race has kind of slipped down into this dire, dark, deep, dark hole, of the devil's narrative where there's hopelessness and sin and debauchery and bloodshed and murder and violence and lawlessness and fear and terror on every hand. And we've kind of felt fallen into the well. And there don't seem to be too many people left at the top of the well to send down any help or rescue. And that's kind of the church should be at the top of the well, drawing, throwing down the ropes, rescue ropes uh, to bring the people up, whosoever will. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like someone on a rescue mission, you know, you don't have to rescue somebody that's already safe. Right. Yeah. So the thing is, too, is we're on we're we're expecting sometimes people to come to our buildings, mm-hmm. and 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 be rescued. Well, but what when our buildings Lord are has, dead, and the Lord has. I mean, that can happen, right? People can come and you know realize their need for the Lord. But we're called to go into all the world. The Great Commission is to go into all the world with this message. Mm-hmm. So basically, Jesus' ministry mm-hmm. was a great rescue mission well it's and an we're part of that rescue mission to rescue people that means that we have to go where they are well yes and right now they're in the well and our mm-hmm. rejection uh, of the gospel I, for the most part for the church has come in the form of passivity um we can you know take it or leave it 
there's kind of an apathy. The good news, you know, is not I- exciting anymore. It's lost its appeal, its power to transform uh, because we've heard it so much that we've not heard it at all. Uh, and because the, the gospel has become preached mostly as a dead, fear-based set of resp- unpopular rules, uh, that we've really, the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news, and it's grace, it's exciting, it's life, it's giving, it's healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, it's, it's life. But the gospel we pre- preach is a gospel of death and dues and religion, and it, it's really difficult and irrelevant, and, and we, we, many of us, we opt out of believing because we, and we've stopped going to church. And here's the interesting thing uh, about going to church. Um, we seem to equate going to church with uh, following Jesus or with God. But just because, you know, people stop going to church, I'm, I'm, it, that doesn't mean that you've lost your faith. And just because you go to church doesn't mean you've got faith. It's, you know, the church is not that that uh, demarcation, line of demarcation, it is the body of Jesus Christ full of the anointing and, the, and, the, and going forward as we have been taught and, 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 and Jesus exampled us to do that is life. And it, that's what the church really is. Yeah, and most young people in our nation these days, are not, they're not going to churches. And we've met, we've met a lot of people, young people over the years that say, you know, we ta- we've tasted of church. Yeah, They've had some little taste of it, but it's been a bad taste in their mouth and they want to spit it out. Well, they see it's and they dead. And they see it's dead, it's irrelevant. So we're looking elsewhere. Yeah. We're looking elsewhere. Well, we're for looking exciting into things. new age uh, mm-hmm. concepts and so well, forth. Well, the devil gives us a lot of exciting things to immediate, exciting, instant um, answers to prayer, excitements and things. So it's very attractive. What he what he dangles in front of us is shiny and attractive. And some people, you know, but on the other hand, you've got some people who are just using church as a ticket, like to get to heaven. It, it keeps them, you know, it's their insurance policy. They don't really, your insurance policy, you don't look at it every day. You don't drag it out of the drawer. You don't rejoice in it. You don't get excited. You just keep it just in case. And I think most people see the gospel of Jesus Christ as a just in case Things don't go good and something shows up at the end. I've got this ticket in. I've been going to church and I have accepted Jesus. But accepting Jesus is very, that is it. That is salvation, accepting his death and his atonement for our sins. That is salvation. But there's so much more. It's just like life. There's so much more you can do with life than just be, just exist. I mean, there's there's many ways he wants us to enter into the fullness of that life, that anointing, that purpose, that call that he has for us. Well, like, like you're saying, Marjorie, it, it, it's, the gospel is not just something, okay, it's a one and done thing. Okay, yeah, I put my faith in Jesus or I gave my life to, you know, I prayed a sinner's prayer when I was in Bible camp one day and stuff like that. And so we said, yeah, I, I believe, but they don't understand that's the entryway that's into entryway. a whole new way of life. Mm-hmm. It's a life of power. This gospel is a gospel of power. Mm-hmm. It's a gospel of action, of, of, of setting people free wow. through the power of the Holy Spirit that works through us. Well, that's what the, bo- the Bible was. The gospel in the book of Acts was exciting, you know, knock down, drag out fights, getting locked up, getting seeing people being raised from the dead. And today, the church has really been invaded by a spirit of mediocrity. Satan has brought in all kinds of mixtures to to dilute the true power and authority of the gospel. Um, 
And, you know, the gospel, which represents the plan of God through Jesus Christ, the enemy has attacked it in every way. He's lied about every aspect of God's love. He's called into question God's intentions. He has maligned the church, God's plans, God's promises, and the truth about what it means to be, to follow Jesus, to love him. And so it's it just like in every way, the enemy has lied about and attacked and reduced the church to almost a laughing stock. Yeah, and I mean, and the enemy has worked through uh, theologians <laughs> and yes. through uh, educated people. Well, professors. Uh, uh, professors, universities, you know, secular, yeah. not only secular universities, but so-called Christian universities right. that have undermined Professing the authority Professing to be wise, they became of, fools, yeah. Undermining the authority yeah. of God's word, the scriptures, the I Bible. Was reading, I was reading this morning in Romans chapter one, and professing to be wise, professors who profess certain things, they became fools and turned the glory of God into the corruptible behaviors of worshiping creatures lower than ourselves. So we don't need professors of Christian faith. We need possessors Mm -hmm. of Jesus and the power of Jesus. Well, I think one of the goals of Satan, if you will, is to shatter the body of Christ, to to divide it, to weaken it, to disempower it, to um, remove any hope or vision or confidence uh, in the restoration of the church as a viable contender or an enemy of the of the enemy. So he wants to reduce the church down to a basic laughing stock. But we do see God is stirring now the embers, the the smoldering flax, and and the and and bringing up a new a new wave, if you will, of conversion, revelation, miracles powers, deliverances that are actually happening, happening mostly outside of the church building, although it is truly involving members of the body of Christ who are going out there to heal the sick, cast out demons, and, um, and, and preach a gospel, the gospel of grace and good news with passion. Yeah, so this is, this is you know, there's been split, 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 splits, because part of it is because you, you know people over the, over the centuries of the church that people have seen well we're going off the rails here so we got to we got to separate and do it and try to do it right you know according to the way Some the law word of rule. god is yeah. you know and so and then and then you just you kind of just divide 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 you, you know, it's just like lose an your army power. You lose if your... you if you you take you know mm-hmm. the, the divide up the soldiers in a battalion to such a, an extent where they're separated and they're vulnerable mm-hmm. and they have power. to be they can't be all necessarily in one spot but mm-hmm. they need to be part of a a, a powerful unit to uh, work together to do what they've been called to do to, what, what we to what do. we're seeing is the actual playing out of the battle the war between god and satan in and through the church and and people who are being called to be followers of Jesus Christ. Um, and in Second Thessalonians, he ta- uh, Paul talks about they're coming, a falling away first, and then the man of perdition, the Antichrist, will appear. The falling away, the falling away from the gospel of Jesus Christ, the falling away from the passion and the, and the truth and the power and the spirit, actually. And, and even in Galatians, way back in the day, Paul was saying, hey, you're starting to replace the power of the spirit again with the workings of the law, the letter of the law does not save, it doesn't do miracles. And so we're seeing that this battle is being played out in our very, in our very midst of us. 
Uh, but we do know that Jesus Christ will have his bride without spot or wrinkle. And right now, he, I believe, and, and he will have his treasure. His, we are his treasure. He will have his reward. He will have his, um, his reasons fulfilled for taking on the sins of the world, which was to rescue and save us so whosoever will can come to him, uh, to follow him, to abide in him. And we will not perish. We will not be lost forever, but some will. Um, but it really depends on if we're going to enter into the fullness of the goodness of God and justice and peace and believe, and believe for his promises now, or if we are kind of this, well, let's just kind of wait and see how this thing turns out. And at the end, we'll, we'll grab the wagon as it goes by. But what's been, what's going on throughout years, the years of the church, there's times we talk about revival. There's been different revivals in Europe and America and awakenings and stuff like that. Well, what it really is, it's an awakening. There is an awakening right now in America that's taking place. Mm-hmm. It's mostly among young people that are crying out to the Lord. And, and the, the Lord, the Spirit of God is, is working in people to stir them up to discover or rediscover the gospel. Paul said the gospel Romans 1.16, it's the power of God unto salvation mm-hmm. to everyone who believes, mm-hmm. to the Jew first and then also to the Gentile. So there's the d- rediscovery of the power. The kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. Mm-hmm. And so this all this stuffy, watered-down th- theories <laughs> and th- theologies you know, and fear-based stuff. Fear-based gospel. We're getting down Don't to, offend we're anybody, getting down you know. to Jesus and and involved in I mean if you read read the book of Mark and and and, and see how Jesus ministered and does that look like the way We're most doing it today. churches are doing it today but there is a rediscovery of that mm-hmm. and, and 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 thank God for it because unless there is some real release of the power of God to minister mm-hmm. life truth the real love of the Lord mm-hmm. and the power of God to, to cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. There has to be, without that full gospel coming to play right now, right. we're basically doomed as a nation. Well, and we see, though, on the other side of that, con- uh, of that contest, we see what Matthew is talking about in the last days, Matthew 24. He says, um, you know, many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ, take heed that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ here, there, everywhere. People will be running around looking for him. And at the mm-hmm. same time, there will be those who have become so lawless and, and unbelieving that lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold and lawlessness will prevail. And m- people will not even want to step out to believe um, because they're afraid they're going to get um, you know, slammed or hacked or destroyed because of the, the, the lawlessness that's prevailing now in our society. And that is because the church has not stood up and, and took her place, taken her place um, to lead us through this maze into the true revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and Jesus, but the thing is too, we have to be really aware, not afraid, but alert, because Jesus said there's going to be many false prophets that will arise. Mm-hmm. And claim to have this great anointing and will deceive many. And sometimes we go, we all, we all go gaga to some of these people that seem to be so powerful. Mm-hmm. But God, you know, wants us to be discerning mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, we have a great hunger for God. It's and 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 we're sick of dead traditions. 
but we can see some superstar rising up and we think, oh man, this Let's is this man is the great power of God. Yeah. They thought that of, of, of Simon in, in the book of Acts. In, not Simon Peter. A different not Simon, Simon, Simon Peter. the sorcerer. Simon the sorcerer. Yeah. They thought, well, oh, from time to time, these kind of people do rise up and they... They meet. They lead people astray. They're just, you know, demonically anointed. There's two things. There's there's people like that that are being raised up that have the true anointing of God, and then there are those that, that seem yep. to seem to have it. Yep. So we, by God's grace, folks, be discerning, well, be wise. The good news is that this. we already know all of this. How it's going to go? How the world's going to go? Jesus already told us about all these things he told us in in Romans chapter 1 i mean G- god knows what's going on and he know he knew it ahead of time he knew every aspect of everything that we're just now discovering he already had it from the beginning he said um he knew that in romans there would be those who were going to be unthankful and refuse to glorify him as god to honor him as god they were going to pick up idolatry as their banner and they were going to worship themselves and all kinds of perversions of themselves um, he knew that there, would going to, there was going to be futility in their thoughts and that their foolish hearts would ultimately become darkened because they were pursuing darkness. Um, he knew that they would become fools and the fools would be prof- profess themselves to be wise. He knew that, that they would worship the creature rather than him. They knew that they'd give themselves over to depravity and a, base, a debased mind, uncleanness. And he knew ultimately that we would be so deceived and perverted that we would be persuaded to butcher and mutilate our own children. And that is nothing new either. Moloch has been receiving the blood of children offered on his fiery Century, burning altars centuries. for, yes, from the be- practically the beginning. Because why? Because Satan needs blood. Blood is like the fuel that runs the devil's kingdom. You know, we have to have diesel fuel. We have to have gasoline to run our engines and our, our machines. He actually runs his kingdom on the blood of humans and animals too. But on the blood, when people give human sacrifices, offer their children, mutilate them in the name of whatever they want to call it, whatever euphemism you want to call it, it's still the same thing to God. It is still bloody butchery murder, and Satan is getting glorified, and the children uh, who are, we're using as sacrifice have no rights. We, we claim our rights, but they seem to have no mm-hmm. access to any rights. But God knew about this. And he knew that he was going to have to give them up, it says, to this behavior, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, to mutilate themselves, uh, and to sell one another. And even in Revelation, it says that, that, that in Babylon, that one of the uh, merchandises that they were selling was the bodies and souls, souls of, of men. men. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, God knew about the war. God knew about the vile, lawless uh, shedding of blood. He knew about... The, the despising of him. He knew that people would reject him. He knew that the words of his gospel would be perverted, exploited, distorted, turned around, twisted around, and promoted to be things that he never said or did. He knew all of this in the beginning. He did, it's not that he's been taken, uh, caught off guard. Um, he knew that they were, some were going to twist the truth uh, and to minimize and, 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 and his truth and maximize the lie. And they were going to use mass confusion, and serpent theology, paganism, kundalini, all these things to um, bewitch and trouble the world and, and to show people another way, a possible another option to the way 
but one and only way, which is Jesus Christ. And so we have been so used to that. God knew about all that ahead of time. And we have been so used to seeing that, that it doesn't even become shocking to us anymore. Yeah. And, and another thing too, there's a, there's a perversion of the so-called love of God. In other words, we, we, there's people that believe that, okay, everything is okay. Whatever you want to do is okay. God loves you. Mm-hmm. And you can, no matter what you do, no matter how you conduct your life, uh, you're loved, which which is true. But God God's love, that does not mean that he condones well, if God's Sin love were so powerful, if God's love were so powerful in and of itself, he would have never had had to allow his son to stand in our place to take the death penalty. God knew his love is powerful, but he also knows he has an enemy who demands certain things. And not that Satan is more powerful than God, but God is playing by the rules. And God can win this thing playing by the rules, even though Satan cheats every single day in every single way. God is going to win fair and square. But the love of God is what set up the option to come to him through the blood, through the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's why people uh, can get mis, uh, mistaught or confused about, well, God loves me and he's never going to send me to hell. God loved you and he let his son die for you. That's the bottom line. And, um, you know, it's like, it's like this. Many people are really lost and, and, and they, they don't know they're lost. But have you been lost in a place, in a way, in a situation in a circumstance, in a relationship, wherever, where you were really lost and you didn't know where you were or how to go forward, which way to go, which path to take, um, where you felt that you were going around in circles, something that you've been there before, but you didn't, now you're there again and you don't know where to go and the path isn't clear and you're, it's getting late in your life. It's, it's getting dark. Um, you're getting more and more scared, more confused, tired, exhausted, uh, and even starting to panic. This is where a lot of people are in their spiritual journey. They are totally lost. And they, they you know, Jesus says, I've come to seek and save that which is lost. And, and there are a lot of people that are <clears throat> in that place of feeling lost. They feel like there's no, and maybe someone's listening here today, you're listening here, and you feel totally lost. You, you, you're discouraged. You feel there's no hope. There's no future for you. And you're thinking about, excuse me, ending ending your own life. Don't do that because you're valuable to God. There is hope. Purpose for you. There's There's hope, there's purpose, and you find it in Jesus Christ, not necessarily in the church, not in in just your own ideas or your own ways of doing things, but you will find that only in trusting Jesus Christ. But God, you know, in the middle of being lost, there are directions. God did give us a map. It's all in his book, the Bible. And of course, the devil's tried to mutilate that a little bit too. But God told us, he told us already what was going to happen, what is still going to happen. And all of us, if we read the book, see it, it's right there. Uh, And those who follow him and know him, believe him, believe his truth, can have a strength against and refute the lies of the enemy, you know, and, and declare that when I am found in Jesus Christ, I am no longer lost. Um, and I no longer insist upon finding my own way out of the maze because I don't need to, because Jesus Christ is my, he is my, he is the way and he is my life. So God loved the world. God so loved the world. He's still, that invitation is still there. That invitation is still open. The opportunity is still available. 
Uh, it's not too late to come to Jesus, to follow Jesus. It's not too late to get fully involved in following him right where you are. Don't look back and say, well, I did. I blew it for 50 years. And what makes me think this is going to be any different? Don't look back. Go forward. Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, I press on towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That we're going to, uh, we're not going to serve a dead religion. That didn't work. We're not going to follow shallow living. We're not going to give God lip service. We're not going to be stubborn and self-righteous and spiritually blind. We're going to repent. We're going to ask God to forgive us for, for disobeying, for being unbelieving, for whatever, and recognize that we can still be part of the greatest thing that's ever going to happen. And that is the kingdom of God coming to the earth, the earth. And the kingdom of God is here. Jesus said, repent or the kingdom of God is, is, is now. It's here. It's in your face. It is time to um, use everything you have to go forward with every, every strength, every anointing, every energy that God has given you to do the will of God and bring forth the return of the king. So, Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity. Let it not stay hidden to us. Let it not be uh, a place where we feel forbidden and unwelcome, un but we can enter into the fullness of you, your word, your power, your spirit, and that you will cause us to enter into and find fellowship with true believers, remnant, the remnant, the people who are the bride of Christ, who are, are standing and having done all to stand, Lord, having given their lives, living for you, Lord Jesus, that you will find us, connect us, let the bride of Christ come forth and let she let her be her uh, she be set free from the demonic influences, uh, torments, and spiritual lies that try to infest her as one or as the body of Christ. We thank you for deliverance, and we thank you, Lord, for the outpouring and the out the bursting out of the truth and the hunger for the true living God again in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just thank you that you'd help us to discover or rediscover this real gospel that is the power of God unto salvation Amen. to everyone who believes. Amen. Lord, and help us to live in that power that we will get to know the real Jesus Christ. Amen. The true one, not some figment of, uh, not some idea or some opinion of who Jesus is, but that by revelation of the Holy Spirit, we will get to know you. Yes, and come and, alive. Amen. Yeah, and it says... Yeah, in First John five twenty, and we know that the Son of God mm -hmm. has come, and has given us an understanding, that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God, and eternal life. Amen. And we encourage you and invite you to check us out at liferecovery.com, liferecovery.com. And we've got a lot of stuff on that website. We've got a bookstore. We've got things to, to read, articles. We've got all kinds of opportunities. Um, and you take advantage. And by the way, tell people about Rescue Radio. Um, I, I do believe it's worth your 30 minutes, whatever it is. And it's we do need this. We do, do need to connect and stay connected. So again, we're going to advertise this week and encourage you to get a hold of um, God on Trial. It's the audio drama that tells, uh, dramatizes the war between God and Satan for the souls of men using um, drama, uh, scripts, uh, taking t uh, characters from the Old Testament and setting us up to understand the real war between God and Satan for the souls of men. Again, the God on Trial. There are 28 episodes. Each one's about 30 minutes long. We invite you to taste and see how fun it is. Amen.
Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.